Rules of the Double Dog Dare. Listen closely. It begins with two opposing sides. Side one presents a seemingly insurmountable challenge known as a dare to side two. This dare is riddled with abounding risk, oftentimes with severe physical and social implications. When challenged, side two must accept or refuse the dare presented. Refusing is equally, if not more detrimental to one's social standing than actually accepting the dare and failing miserably. If side two reluctantly declines the dare, then of course the challenger is forced to raise the stakes and extend the ultimate requisition, the double dog dare. Everything is on the line. Risk it all and walk proudly in achievement or lose and walk home with your tail between your legs. Only you can decide. Well, welcome to our final week in our series, Double Dog Dare. How's this series been for you all? Yeah, that's, we got a little delay there. We'll work on shorting that. We'll edit that for the uh, online footage there. Hopefully it's been a good series for you. I know I've been excited. I'm going to miss seeing that little chicken every Sunday waddling away in shame. Uh, but hopefully we've inspired you. Hopefully we've kind of come into some gap areas of our lives and said these are areas where we need to, to take a step forward, maybe where God's calling us or maybe where we just know that our life situations have kind of lined up to need to step into some new area, try some things, work a little bit harder and so today, the goal isn't to give you a new dare, it's kind of to be the wrap-up, kind of to bring us all together. So we've spent uh, the last five weeks looking at some different dares, and they're all written on that connection side uh, of your bulletin, and I'm just going to give you the heads-up warning right now uh, that the action step for today is going to be to let us know what your dare is so that we can encourage you and pray with you and walk alongside you and remind you of what you uh, kind of signed up for, maybe what God did in the midst of this series. So now that you've heard them all, let's review them a little bit together, right? The starting last year, right, 2017, seems like forever ago, we dared you to prioritize hearing and listening to the voice of God in your life. We said that beyond anything, that's what we all needed for 2018. Then the first week of the year, we said, hey, there's no better way to hear that and to listen to the voice of God than to prioritize reading the scripture, being in the Bible daily, whether that looks like some kind of reading plan where you read through either the entire Bible or the New Testament or just take the time for a devotional to read every single day, but to get into God's Word, right? Then we dared uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about getting healthy, getting in shape, making healthy choices in lots of different areas of our lives by choosing to honor God, by conquering what conquers us. Two weeks ago, we dared you to get real, to step into a small group, to stop being a pretend person, to stop faking it, but to step into real, authentic community. And there's opportunities to sign up for that still today. Last week, of course, we dared you uh, to fall back in love. We talked about relationships. We kind of contextualize that with our spouse, but I think it applies to multiple relationships and that we ought to kill contempt with kindness. So there's our, there are your dares. There's what you've, we've been talking about. And as we speak today, we're going to kind of hold those things in tension moving forward. And so today I've got, I've got an interesting challenge for us. More than by us, I mean, I mean me. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to simultaneously talk about your present situation in life. And we're going to help tell that story by using a story that's some 4,000 years old. And we're going to talk about football. 
right? Sound good? Like, even if you don't want to be in church this morning, you're like, I just want to watch this train wreck. Like, I want to see how this guy is going to even attempt to put those three things together, but let's do it this way, right? So it's Super Bowl Sunday, which is personally painful, right? Playing in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it was the Vikings year, and, uh, and I couldn't pray during the game. That was really my fault. I was too busy. I was doing something else, but the Vikings didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Really sad situation for me. Now we're left with this horrible choice between the Patriots and the Eagles, and uh, we won't get into that because, again, I think that commercials, I hope, are going to carry the day, and, uh, and that's my goal. But, but here's, the, here's the thing I want to talk about. Right? Think about the players that are playing in that game. Think about the players that are playing today, maybe for the first time. Right? This has not only been a goal of their life, but think about the time the hours of preparation that went into it. I mean, this isn't just a good day this year. This might be the defining moment of their entire careers, but not just their work life, right? Careers kind of start when we graduate college and then we work for the next 40 plus years and that's our career. But some of these guys have been playing football. They've been getting ready for Sunday ever since they were knee high to a grasshopper, right? They grew up playing football. They went to high school playing football. They went to college to play football. And now here they are at the defining moment. They're at the Super Bowl, and they don't just dream to show up and to play, right? They want to show up, and they expect to win. They expect to put the time, the effort, the energy in to winning. And so today, as we tell this story, I want to talk about winning, right? Not just what it looks like to play the game, but what it actually looks like to win the game. That's true for the Super Bowl. It's true for our lives, and it's going to be true for the story that we tell today. So I'm going to direct our attention to a story that's really, really familiar, uh, and it's the story of Joseph. But we're going to walk through this really fast, but kind of at an overlay level. So if you'd like to follow along, we'll be in Genesis uh, chapter 37. We're going to start right away with verse 1. If you didn't bring a Bible, I'd encourage you to slip your hands up. Our ushers have a Bible for you. And if you don't put your hand up and you look like you need a Bible, they're just going to hand you one anyway. Uh, it'll be about page 14 there. And <laughs> uh, page 14 there. So it's early on in the Bible, Genesis chapter 37. Uh, we're going to start at verse 1. And we're going to look at the story of Joseph. Right now, Joseph is a little bit of a dreamer. He's got some dreams, some aspirations. He's got some things that he wants to win and achieve in his life. And so we're going to start right there with this starry-eyed dreamer at the age of 17, verse 1. Jacob, who is his dad, lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And this is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, make sure 17 stands out in your reading, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Joseph is a tattletale, right? Now, Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. Age, and he made him an ornate robe. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and they could not speak a kind word about him. Tension is already building. You feel it, right? And then verse 5, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Maybe that's because this was his dream. He said, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose higher and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. And then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. He said, listen, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to little old me, right? Joseph has some problems coming, 
right? And you can just tell, right? If this is your little brother, the, the key word there, right, is that he's 17. He's a little bit of a dreamer. And what's significant is that he has 11 brothers. You'll note that last dream that there are 11 stars. The sun and the moon easily represent his mother and his father. And so Joseph has a dream that one day he's going to rule over all his big brothers and all of his family. And uh, how well do you think that sits with the people around him, right? Not very well, right? Israel or Jacob, you may recall, is born a deceiver, a heel grabber, and his name changes to Israel, or he wrestles with God, and in his old age, he has Joseph. He has this son, and not only was Joseph special for that reason, but Joseph was also the son uh, of his wife, his favorite wife, and we'll talk more about this in our next series. We're actually going to talk about Jacob's relationships in our next series, but the reality is that Joseph has this privileged spot in dad's eyes. And he makes him this special code and his brothers all hate him, not only because he's the young pup with the bright-eyed dreams, not only because he's dad's favorite, not only because he has this robe that everybody covets, but because Joseph just doesn't get the way that life works yet, right? Your little brother, how many of you have a little sibling, right? Little brother, little sister, all over the place. There's a time when you're like, you just don't know how the world works, right? Or if you have a son or a daughter, there's those moments and opportunities where you're like, you just don't say things like this. Like, even if you had that dream, you just don't say it out loud. It's going to create problems. See, and for Joseph, Joseph is at the beginning of his life, and he's at a really great spot in his life where everything is moving and looking up. And there are places and seasons in life, there are zones, if you will, in life that each take a different degree of attention and fortitude. So we're talking about zones, let's bring in a little bit of football, right? There are a couple different zones on the football field, right? You have the offensive line and the defensive line. There is the thing in the middle, which is called the couple of you know football, right? So there's the neutral zone, right? And there are penalties when you step into the wrong zone at the wrong time. It's called being off sides. And then as you're playing the game of football, there's often times where the guys on TV will put that special little red line there and they say, hey, they're trying to get up into the field goal line, right? They're trying to get to the zone in the field when they can actually make a kicked field goal, or at least make an attempt, right? The difference between a punt and a field goal. Then of course there's the red zone, right? The last 20 yards before you get to the touchdown where the defense defense begins to change because there's less of the field that they have to cover and you have to score in the red zone, right? In order to win the game of football, you have to learn how to score points, whether that's in the field goal zone or whether that's in the red zone scoring touchdowns. And in the game of life, here's what I'd like to contend, that there are zones as well. There are areas in which we operate and the way that we go through those zones kind of determines our effectiveness. So you know it's going to be a good sermon when I get the whiteboard because I love using the whiteboard. I love illustrating of playing these things out. And so you've got some white space there on your paper, and we're going to walk through this together. But we're going to start off with where Joseph is. Joseph is in what we're going to call the A zone today, the A zone. And A stands for uh, the Lego movie, right? Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team, right? So Joseph starts out in the A zone. This is where life is up for all of us, right? He's got dreams and aspirations. He's 17, right? Everything is going forward in his life. He's got things to look forward to, and he has this really cool dream where all of his brothers and sisters bow down to him. Isn't that great? For Joseph, right? He's pretty happy about that, but he's in the awesome zone, right? Where everything is looking up. And I'm just going to cheat a little bit here because we're going to do A, B, C, but C, you need to know, is kind of the end zone. It's the end of our life. It's the celebration 
zone. It's the area where we all kind of want to get to. It's where we find the reality, the fruition of our dreams and the things that we put in place. So let's translate a little bit, right? The A zone may be starting a new career. It may be um, moving to some place. It may be starting a family, getting married, a new relationship. But the A zone is where everything is looking up and looking forward. And the goal is that we carry those things with us to the end of it all, right? This is the happily and successful marriage. This is retirement. This is ending that job where you had everything planned for. It's the spoils of victory, the Super Bowl ring, whatever it is, and whatever dream that you're kind of walking through this, though. There's only one small problem, and that's what lies in between the awesome zone and the zone of celebration. And before we get to that, let me just give you today's truth. When it comes to anything, whether we're talking about the Super Bowl and winning the big game, or whether we're talking about achieving your dreams in life, the truth is that dreaming is easier than doing. Dreaming is easier than doing, right? What's easier, dreaming about winning the Super Bowl or actually winning the Super Bowl? Not rhetorical, right? What's easier? Right? Actually, dreaming, <laughs> actually doing it is more difficult, right? Because you've got to put in the practice. It's not just what happens on Sunday, right? It's not just this game. This game is a culmination not only of the season, not only of the playoffs, but of a lifetime and of a work week of spending watching footage and hitting the gym and doing all of those things. Our career, our relationships, the things that matter in our life are no different. It's easier to dream of a successful marriage than it is to actually do it. It's easier to dream of a successful, meaningful career than it is to actually do it. It's easier to dream about your kids growing up someday and having meaningful lives than it is to actually raise our kids, especially the younger that they are, right? And all the parents said, amen, I need a nap, right? So here's the reality, though. As we walk through this, it's easier to dream than to do it, and that's mostly because of this thing in the middle, A, B, C. B stands for battle. B stands for, that's going to be a problem. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. I'm going to try not to mark over on myself. Here we go. I dropped the marker for those of you that missed it. I dropped the lid. So B is for battle, right? Oh, thanks, Erin. I appreciate that. And this is the part that she doesn't want me to draw attention to her. Would you all give Erin a round of applause? Thanks, Erin. It's either that or me jump down and nobody wants to see that. So here we go. The B zone is for battle, right? So we start off with dreams and aspirations. We start off where everything is awesome, like, hey, I'm going to use a whiteboard and this will be such a good idea. And the celebration is at the end when everything comes to fruition and the battle is when you drop the cap, right? So we all hit those hard spots in our life. We all want life to kind of turn out in a certain way, but it takes effort. It takes momentum. It takes an opportunity to arrive at those places. And let me just tell you a little bit of what this ends up looking like, is that we all want to start off in the A zone, right? That's all where we start off, but we all want to get here, and we'd like to avoid whatever happens in the middle as much as possible. So we try to go around it. We try to look for a way to move through the battle zone, but no matter what, there's no way to get from A to C without hitting a big X, without hitting a big thing that starts there in the middle. I don't care what journey you're on. I don't care where you're going about in life. Everything starts out awesome. Everything has dreams and aspirations of getting to the end and arriving there together, but there's always going to be something that takes effort. There's always going to be something difficult. There's always going to be some obstacle that comes up in the way. 
And too often what happens is that we run into these things and we think that they're markers that this isn't actually the direction that we should go. We think that if it's a dream that we have, especially if it's a dream that God has given us, that it should be easy. We think that God wants to move us from A to C without ever having to go through the battle zone. And so when we hit one of these X's, when we hit a hard spot in our life, we tend to go, maybe that really wasn't God. Maybe it really isn't worth it. Maybe I married the wrong person. Maybe I took the wrong career. Maybe God isn't in this as a matter of fact. So let's check back in with our dreamer because he's going to jump onto the scenes with his journey from where he starts out to where he ends up. And let's see what he has to teach us. We're going to jump to verse 14 and then to verse 17. So his dad's talking to him. He's talking to his son Joseph and he said, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and then bring word back to me. So then he sent him off for the valley of Hebron, verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and he found them near Dothan, but they saw him in the distance. How do you think they saw him? We're in the stupid coat, right? He's got the coat on. They see him in the distance. They say before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him. Throw him into one of these cisterns and we'll say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Sound like a battle zone to anybody else? Now, I'm sure you've had sibling problems, right? I don't think it ever got to this level. And if it did, then we need to have a conversation, right? But you never expect the battles to be as fierce and ferocious as they are. And you never expect the areas where they come from. But Joseph is walking along doing what his father and his brothers kind of asked him to do. And his brothers set out to lay a trap for him. We come to find out that at the last minute they don't actually kill him. They instead send him off into slavery. And I want you just to pause for one moment. If Joseph's dream starts out awesome, going, hey, you all are going to bow down to me. This is my dream. I think this is from God. It's going to be a good thing. And he expects that to become a reality. What do you think changes when he's sitting chained up in a slave caravan? If you know the story of Joseph, you can hit fast forward with me, right? That slave caravan eventually arrives in Egypt, and he's sold into a household to be a slave. And while in that household, he is accused of of violating his master's wife, which throws him into an even deeper and even darker prison where he interprets dreams, and he runs the household, and then he's forgotten about for years and years and years until Pharaoh has a dream. And when Pharaoh has a dream, he interprets it, and all of a sudden, everything comes back full around. But we the luxury of knowing the story. And so before we go to the end, just stop with me and pause, right? What happens to you when you are on the road to some place and you find yourself instead in the wrong place? What, what happens when we go through our life and we hit these roadblocks, these things that stop us, that convince us that our dream, that the realities that we're pursuing, that the things that we hoped would be true at the end of our life simply don't measure up, when we can't see our way out from there? So make no mistake that in order to get from what you want to achieve in your life to actually achieving it, you're going to hit a rough spot. There is no way around. There is no fast break. There is no opportunity to skirt around the battles that happen. The only question is what we do when they finally happen. All right, so fast forward. Joseph finds himself out of prison. He finds himself as the second in command of Egypt. If you don't know this story, it's totally worth reading how God uses this time, this incubation, how God uses the battle zone to actually make Joseph's dreams a reality. 
But the final piece of this story is where it comes full fruition with his brothers, right? That was the dream. That was what God gave him. And so Joseph finds himself in command of all of Egypt. There were seven years of, uh, of there's a, a forecast, a prophecy for seven years of famine. And so to prepare for that, Joseph stores up seven years of grain, and then his brothers come down. There's a famine in all of the land, and Egypt, under Joseph's rule, is the only place where there's actually grain. And this is where we see our story kind of come full circle around. So we're going to jump to uh, 39, 42, excuse me, chapter 42, if you're following along, verse 3. It says, then 10 of Joseph's brothers. story, one that we don't have time to fully dive into, but he's 17 when he has the dream of his 11 brothers bowing down to him. We fast forward through this hard battle phase and we arrive at the moment where his dream finally is coming to reality. Now we can argue about whether or not you should have a dream about your brothers bowing down to you, but that's a story for another day. For today, what I want you to hear and what I want you to see and experience is a little bit of how God uses all of this to come full circle. Joseph is 17 when he started. He's 30, the scripture tells us, when he starts serving Pharaoh. When he starts serving Pharaoh, there's seven good years where he stores up grain, which means that we're about 22 or 23 years about on this journey, right? From everything is awesome, from everything starts out good and from everything that we dream of happening, and it's a 23-year battle. Hardships, endurance, struggling through prison and false accusations and things not measuring up to what we signed up for, right? This looks like Joseph's life over the course of 22 and 23 years. And so bring your own story into that. Oftentimes we have dreams, desires, hopes, things that we want to have happen in our lives, but when we hit hard times and we hit these B zones, we don't tend to push through them, certainly not for 22 or 23 years. As a matter of fact, I think that we as a people and we as a society actually hit a different area. I think that we hit that big red X and we immediately go down into what we'll call the escape zone. A, B, C, E. You'll notice we missed a letter within there, right? But because when we hit the battles, when we hit these hard times, we tend to give up on the dream that we want. We tend to give up on maybe what God's given us. And instead of doing that, we go right back here to the awesome zone. We dream a new dream. We think of something new. We find a new career. We find a new relationship. Perhaps we try the next level, um, uh, multi-level marketing scheme that comes across our Facebook feed, right? Whatever it is, we tend to hit hard areas, and then we stop. We give up. We don't push through. We convince ourselves, well, if this was really God's plan, then I would expect it to be going a lot easier than this. If God were really in this relationship, if God were really in this career path, if God were really in this move, then it wouldn't be as hard as it is. And no matter which story we look at from Scripture and no matter which book you read about people who've succeeded in their life, there is no way to push to get through this area other than fighting the battles that God has for us and that are in front of us. 
So this is hopefully where this series comes into play is that when we hit those areas of our lives where there's difficulty, where there's drama, where there's things that we'd rather not experience, our hope is that we dare you in those seasons to push forward and to push through. See, our dares kind of occupy this space that's just beyond the B zone, just in the middle of the battle, but that allows us to carry our journey through, our dreams through, to the ultimate destination that God has for us in every area of our lives. It's not to circumvent them, nor is it to escape them. It's not to go around the battle zones. But when we dare you and we have these conversations, the goal, the encouragement, the thing that we're trying to foster is not, hey, if you do this, then everything will be easy. It's not, hey, if God's in this, then it won't be difficult. It's to say, no, there's going to be struggles and hardships and temptations along the way, but we as a community can come together and can push through those things with God's help to achieve all that he has for us, all of those things that God has given us to get better. This is the story of Joseph, right? Is that he had moments and times and opportunities where he could have chosen to give up on the dream that God had for him. He could have chosen at a hundred different areas, a different choice, a different way along this path. He could have given up on the dream that God had for him a long, long time ago. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened at multiple times along his journey. But nonetheless, he kept fighting, he kept clinging, he kept preserving to what God had for him. So here's the dare for us today, and it's a dare again that goes back over all those places in our series, but we dare you to get better, to push through these battle zones, to fight through the areas where maybe you're hitting resistance, to push through some of the dares that you have, right? Each week we've been talking about this from a different angle, and the point is to find and identify where perhaps the strongest battles are for you, and before this escape clause comes in, before we choose to go back and just wishing that life were easier, too often we just wish that things would be different, instead of actually doing what we're willing to do, to move us along the path that God would have for us. Too often we wish that things would be easier. We wish that things hadn't turned out this way. We hope that it won't figure itself out. We hope that it will all work itself out, but that leads us right back into this continual loop where we just keep going, man, wouldn't it be awesome if, eh, but that sounds hard, so instead we'll just dream a different dream. Wouldn't it be great if this happened? Wouldn't it be great if this career path worked out? Wouldn't it be great if this relationship panned out and then it gets hard and we go, eh, Maybe not. Maybe that wasn't what God had calling for. Maybe that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And we find ourselves just running this continual loop, and then we wind up at the end of our lives and wonder why we didn't achieve the things that perhaps we set out to. And so I dare you, I dare you to come alongside each other and as a church and small group communities to lean into this area. To go, hey, this is where life is getting hard, and I need to push harder, I need to fight through, I need to get better at this particular area, at fighting this particular battle. Right? Because Joseph, when he's down and out, has something within him that's given by God that we can follow through and dive into his story that lets him push through a little bit harder to arrive at the place where God has him at the end. Notice God doesn't spare the battle. He simply gives him the opportunity to push through and to arrive at the end destination which is the action step for today. So if you're sitting on the sidelines of your own life or if you're running around this circle, then the action step is simply this. I Get in the game. Get in the game, right? If you're, uh, uh, none of us have a chance at winning the Super Bowl today, right? Like not a single one, not even because the Broncos aren't playing, right? Even if the Broncos are playing, I know you're a fan, but you still don't have a chance at winning the Super Bowl because you're not in the game. 
right? You haven't done the place. You haven't been recruited. That's a dream that maybe died or that you've moved on from or simply never had. But so many of us are out of the game of achieving what we want out of life because we're just running in this wish loop instead of being willing to do what we're able to do to accomplish those things that God has it. So here's the deal. In this series, we've been daring you to get better in a number of areas. And the goal today is to say, we want you to win at life. I want you to win in your faith. I want you to win with your marriage, with your kids, with your finances. But in order to win in those battle zones, then you've got to be in the game. You've got to be still moving along. You can't have escaped or given up or or dodged out of this. You have to be in the game. You have to be willing to do the things that it takes to win and succeed in those areas. You've got to make it to the gym. You've got to make priorities with your times. You have to budget. You have to plan date nights. You have to get better at those areas because winning simply doesn't happen by accident. So now I want to encourage you to flip over to those dares on that other side of your connection piece there. Maybe you've heard all of these. Maybe you know which it is. I was talking with a couple people this week, and they're like, what if I just want to check all of them? If that's where you are, that's great. But I would encourage you not just to simply do that because you need to improve in all of those areas, but to pick the one area where God might be singling this out, where maybe you know that you need to push through. Maybe it's a conversation that you have with your spouse. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to jump into a small group and to have some real conversations. But whatever it is, we want you to get in the game, not just be sitting on the sidelines of your faith, not just be sitting on the sidelines of your life wishing that something would turn out, but to actually put the work in to doing what it takes to arrive in that end zone of our life, in that space of celebration, in that space where we've pushed through the battles and where God has given us all that our hearts could dream of and even more. So as you look at that list, what's your dare? Is it prioritizing hearing and obeying God's word in your life? Is it taking the time to read the scripture and making that a daily check-in with God, right? Maybe it's getting healthy. Maybe it's getting healthy, whether that's in physical shape, mental shape, emotional shape. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's getting real and joining a small group, falling in love again, or I left you a blank. Because I recognize that we can't handle everything in this room. We can't address every single specific issue. But maybe you know throughout the series that you're like, those dares didn't hit me, but I know what my dare is. And here's my challenge for you. I dare you to check one of those boxes, to write your name on it, and then to let us walk alongside you. We're not going to bother you. But we do want to email you and encourage you. I want to know how I can be praying for you specifically. I want to know where your battle is and where you're feeling the push to get better. And I want to walk with you as you jump into the game. Because here's the deal. If this series was just a good five weeks where we had some great conversations and we can look back and go, yeah, that was really cool. Remember how we had Sour Patch Kids? That was awesome, right? That's That's not the point. The point is that we want you to get in the game. We want you to achieve these things that God has for you. We don't want to see you drop out or stop out of the race. We don't want to see you give up on any significant area of your life. We dare you to get into the game, to get better, to step into those areas and those places where God has for you. There's a book called Not a Fan by Kyle Eidelman, and he talks about this idea that too many of us are fans of Jesus in the same way that we're fans of our favorite football team. But we're not actually in the game, right? We're not actually football players. And he makes this stark correlation to the fact that when it comes to our faith, when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to God in our lives, that there are no fans of Jesus. It's a category that he doesn't allow for that doesn't exist. Instead, he recruits followers. He recruits disciples. 
In the same way, that's my correlation to you, is to say no matter what your dare is, there's not simply the opportunity to cheer from the sidelines. But it's going to take work to get through the battles that we have. And that's where we as a church and where a small group community and where I want to be a prayer partner for you as you identify those areas that God has laid on your heart and that we can push through them together as a community. Not that this would just be one series that we did one time, but that this becomes marching orders for us to do all that God has called us to. So I dare you, check one of the boxes, put your name to it. Let us walk alongside you. I just want to take a moment to pray with you now. I'd encourage you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and if listening to me isn't what you need in this moment, then by all means tune me out and just talk to your Heavenly Father who absolutely wants to speak to you, who absolutely wants to draw your attention and your affection to some area, to something in your life. It may be a dream that you gave up on a long time ago and God's just putting his finger on it and saying, just because it was hard doesn't mean it wasn't yours. Just because it wasn't what you expected doesn't mean it wasn't a dream that I gave you. Just because the story didn't turn out that way doesn't mean that I wasn't in it. Maybe you've escaped from something and God wants to draw your attention to it. Conversely, maybe you're in the middle of a battle right now. Maybe you're about to give up or contemplating about giving up. You think that things would be easier doing something different and God just wants to speak to you and to say, no, you should push through that. You should ask for help. You should get a community or a people or have a conversation with that individual, with that person because I, my desire for you is that you would get in that game, that you would get better at that fight, that you would push through because on the other end of that is the goal, is freedom, is the celebration. And too often we just stop at those hard spots and maybe God's drawing your attention to one hard spot where you just need to ask him to give you the strength to battle on. Maybe your dare isn't a single blank that we've shared. Maybe it isn't a single thing that I've said, but maybe you know in this moment that there's that area of your life that the Holy Spirit is just putting his finger on and you just need to write that down in the blank spot there. This isn't to shame you. It isn't to call anybody out. It's to encourage you and walk alongside you to be somebody who can not just cheer you on from the sidelines, but actually walk through this game with you. That's our heart's desire for this series. Heavenly Father, as we look at the story of Joseph, so many of us go, man, I don't want that story. I don't even want the hardship in the middle even to end up where he ended up. And yet, God, I believe that each of us have a similar story, a similar space and place, God, where you've placed us in such a moment and in such a time to do the exact thing that you've given to us. And God, I pray that as a people that we would lean into those areas, that we would lean into those dreams, that we would learn to fight and to battle and to push through the hardships of life and that you would show us the way forward to arrive at that end goal, that end destination. God, whether it be our faith, our relationships, our jobs, our families, God, any specific category that you bring to our hearts and minds, God, we open ourselves to hear from you. God, would you challenge us to take the steps forward, God, to get better, to get in the game in the areas that you have for us. God, would you illustrate those things for us clearly now? And may we be a people that walks forward into them, that doesn't forget, that doesn't simply escape and give up on our dreams, God, but that learns to push and to fight and to battle through those areas that you have for us. 
Heavenly Father, we know, trust, and believe that you've given us more than we could ever hope and imagine in Jesus. And so, God, we simply ask and pray that that would be effective in our lives in all of these areas and all of these situations. And as we've spent six weeks getting to this point, God, that that time, that that opportunity would be in front of us now that we can choose to get into the game of our own life, that we can choose to push through those hard areas, God, and that you would give us even more on the other end. Heavenly Father, we trust you to speak into us. We trust that we can hear your voice even now in our lives, God, and we trust that you will give us the fortitude to hear you now and to obey you going forward. Heavenly Father, that's our prayer, that's our desire, is that we would hear you clearly and that you would give us the ability to walk forward in step with you and with your spirit. Heavenly Father, we pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus, the ultimate conqueror over sin and over the grave, God, whose death profits us this and so much more. We pray in the name of your Holy Spirit that does indwell and empower all believers, and we pray this in the name of our good Father who has good gifts for us. All God's kids said. Forever free in an ending race Cause you are